0: It was an idea that arrived in Emma Clark's head in the middle of the night, and it ended up scribbled down on post-it notes all over her bed. She's a voiceover artist, and When We Got to the Seventh is her fiction podcast that revolves around an encounter with a seventh something. It could be a marriage, a planet, even a victim. The first season of the series has seven episodes. Of course it does, and they're all self-contained, so you can listen to any one of them, and it'll take you straight into the mind of the central character, how they think and what motivates them. Even when you start to realise that their world view just might be a little bit different to your own.
1: People underestimate the bond between a mother and a son. I'd kill to protect my son, and I think a lot of mothers would agree with that statement. I'm no oddity. I'm just a very maternal person. I always have been. When he was a baby, you know, newborn, he'd look at me as if he'd known me forever. And I think he had. I know that sounds daft, but... I think we've always known each other, me and him. We were always meant to be together. Somehow, I can't explain it. Anyway, to the people who don't understand why I did what I did, I say this. It's none of your business, and I don't care what you think of me. You might sit in judgment and make assumptions, but you just don't know the bond I have with my son. We've always been close. His father used to be jealous, can you believe that? In fact, he said that's why he left when Mikey was just a year old. He said he felt like all my attention had gone on Mikey and he felt left out. But I suppose we were in our own private bubble. And then he went to school and he had teachers and friends and then he had teammates and had kickabouts with the lads down our road and naturally I let him grow up. Facilitated his development as any loving mother would. And then he discovered girls... Now, there was no way I was going to let some silly little cow break his heart, so I told him I'd be very unhappy if he started seeing anyone I didn't like. And he accepted that. I think it made him feel safe. He knew I wanted the best for him, so there was no argument. What kind of mother doesn't want the best for her kids, her son? So, he really didn't have a girlfriend until he went away to uni. And then I think he only did that because he was lonely. I mean, we spoke every night on the phone and every morning when I woke up, but he wasn't living with me during term time and I think he was struggling. Leaving home, leaving me, it was really difficult for him. I'm sure it was. It was agony for me. He didn't always tell me about these girls. I just, you know, sensed when he was seeing somebody. I could hear it in his voice. When I'd phone him and he'd be dismissive or he said he was busy or didn't return me calls and texts. I'd know. And I'd ask him outright. Even if he said there was nobody, he knew I knew. And that was enough. I mean, if he didn't feel comfortable telling me about these girls, they couldn't have been up to much, could they? That said, Everton. Eventually, he met somebody he saw for more than a couple of weeks and that fizzled. And then another... And then another, he's a very good-looking boy. He's beautiful. Tall, dark, long-limbed, sensitive, and he's, he's got these eyes. Eyes that could drive a woman mad. And then, out of the blue, he told me he'd met Meredith. She according to my reckoning was the seventh lucky bloody seven he said he wanted me to meet her that he'd been seeing her for a few months and he'd like us to be friends friends can you imagine my face do you love her I said just sort of laughed embarrassed I could tell he didn't but he might think he did so we arranged that we meet in a pub for lunch. A carvery, you know, we got a voucher. I had my hair done, my nails, bought a new dress, new shoes, new bag. There was no way I was gonna turn up looking a mess. She apparently was from Cheshire, went to a grammar school. Her father was a policeman, her mother didn't have to work. And she was an only child. Well, you know what they say about only children. But I kept an open mind. I parked up and watched the pub waiting for them to arrive. I didn't want to be sat inside like a plum at some empty table, killing time, waiting for Meredith. I spotted her straight away blonde, tall, big teeth, horsey. And he was smiling. I could tell he was nervous. There was a tension in his neck, the way he moved his head. Anyway, I walked in and he came straight over and gave me a massive hug. I saw her face over his shoulder. And she just looked down at her hands like she didn't know where to butt herself. Yes, I thought. He's mine, lady, you tread careful. And then she stood up and stretched out a hand, and I shook it. It was limp and dry as if it was shaking hands with an empty glove. There was nothing to her. Oh, she was educated and polite and well-travelled, and she didn't drink. Didn't quite approve when I ordered a spritzer. Mikey's eyes were darting from her to me to me to her like a tennis umpire. When it was over, I stood up to leave. He looked at me expectantly as if he wanted me to show that I liked her. I just patted his cheek and left. I didn't phone him or text him for a week after that and he knew. It got to the point where he was phoning me five times a day at least, leaving messages and he even sent me a card through the post. That's how much he loves me. Couldn't bear not to be in contact with me. He said he'd been to see his doctor, he was that bad. We never discussed her. He was always coming up with suggestions for me to see them again together, walks, lunches, theatre trips. But I told him, in my own way, that really I wanted to see him without her. Why would I want to see her? My time with him was precious, now he was growing up, making his own life. I wanted to cherish it every moment. And I wasn't really in the mood for sharing, know what I mean? So I didn't see her until the following Mother's Day. They just turned up, unannounced. The plan had been for him to take me to afternoon tea at a posh hotel. I got a group on deal to make it a bit cheaper for him, but no, she was there on my doorstep in a daft dress with a daft hair and a daft teeth. We've got something to tell you,'' he said. Well, you don't have to be a genius to know what he was gonna say. He'd proposed, and she had accepted. Couldn't I find it in my heart to be happy for him for them? I the door in a migraine. It completely ruined my day. Meredith was a primary school teacher. Oh bless. And from what I could gather from the school website, they took safeguarding very seriously. So, what on earth would the head say if they were to receive a letter suggesting that Meredith had said inappropriate things to a child? that Meredith had slapped a child. Now, I'm not saying I wrote such a letter, nor am I saying that I posted it, but what I do know is that Meredith was suddenly not working there anymore. And that Meredith, according to Mikey, was seeing a counsellor. Bless her. It was around that time that Meredith started getting credit card bills for items and services she claimed she had not bought she alleged that somebody had stolen her identity that somebody had a vendetta against her that's when she started drinking she was already on antidepressants it turned out and according to mikey she was spiraling of course i was the first person he turned to he said she changed He said she didn't communicate, that she was totally self-involved and oblivious to him and his needs. I said to him, what did you expect? But he said that despite everything, he still wanted to marry her. He looked straight at me when he said that, and it was an arrow through my heart. So imagine my devastation when I learned that somehow somebody had done something terrible to the wheels of her car. The one day when she'd summoned the energy to get off her fat ass and go out, the front offside wheel came clean off and she ploughed straight into a lamppost at 30 miles an hour. It was a tragedy, they said in the local paper. Spinal injuries... Well, Mikey wasn't going to cope with that, was he? He didn't want to be married to that. So he broke it off. Even though she said she'd been the one to finish it. Now, unfortunately, and at the time I didn't realise, but there was CCTV footage of the perpetrator working on her car. I'm not saying I did it. I've never said that. But the jury seemed to think I did. (laughs) I'll be out eventually. Would I do it again? Of course I would. And who comes to see me every week and bring me flowers and chocolates and sends me cards telling me he loves me? I won that one, didn't I, eh? He's mine. And he always will be.
0: When we got to the seventh and an episode called I'm Just a Very Maternal Person, written and performed by Emma Clark and produced by Eddie DeLague. Hey, thanks for listening to the podcast hour from RNZ. If you're enjoying the show and it's helping you find new stuff to listen to, then please tell other people about us. Maybe mention it to a friend or a family member. And do please rate and review us on Apple or Stitcher or wherever you get your podcast from. Not only does this help other people find us, but it also lets me know if I'm on the right track with the number of clips. Do you want some fewer stories, longer interviews? Just let me know about it. And I'm also really interested in finding out how people want me to podcast and publish stuff online. At the moment, I might release the whole show in one chunk and also in shorter slices of individual shows, too. But if this is just a pain and it's easier to just get everything in one program, you don't have to fiddle around with and curate. Just say the word and it should be done. Thank you. Botox Cosmetic, out of botulinum toxin A, FDA approved for over 20 years. So talk to your specialist to see if Botox Cosmetic is right for you.